Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. It is a Wednesday. We are in the middle of UAC reviews, so we did not record a Tuesday episode. This will be coming out on the Thursday. Connor's got the cool road mic. I've got my normal mic because my the roadcaster is in my car still after my road trips this weekend. Road trip? Uh, well, what, well, I guess one and a half road. I guess like one and a half road trips. Two, Connor. Give me the credit, okay? One and a half, Brockville's not that far. I went to Kingston. If you were coming into if you were coming into if you were coming into Kingston every night to play men's league football on Wednesdays, you can't count it as a road trip. I stand by that. You were doing it every every game's a road game. Every Every game's a road game. That's all I'm gonna say. I don't know about that. Wasn't a road game when you played Grens. Those were home games when you were driving into (laughs) Kingston. No, you're right, but I was I was equidistant from road games that we actually had to take. Yeah, going to Ottawa to play Myers was good for you. And going to Cornwall was the same distance. <laughs> Cornwall. That's right. That's right. All right, we're stalling. We're stalling we are. a little bit. There's a lot of news There's to get to, and we are very much huge stalling. Huge news. Let's start with the most obvious piece of news. Came down yesterday. Farhan Lology. Oh, I believe I had to scoop a little this. bit early. I hate this. Victor Sui. Has been well. I guess they mutually, mutually parted. Mutually ways, parted. Which means ways. I don't someone know. said we want. There's you, a, you saw he the said, rumors. I you am, saw all the tweets. I am effing out of here. Is what that ha- said. I. This is such a letdown, man. He was so good for this organization. Organization, a team that needed any shred of positivity. They could get just mutually parted ways with. The only good thing in their lives. It's you want to know tough. why they kept getting five, like at least 10,000 people per game? I looked this up. No, I looked this up. The average over the last few weeks has been now, I don't know if this is butts and teats or tickets sold, but the average over the last few weeks has been 19,000. But I know where you were going with this. Like, if not for what he has been kind of generating and doing, at least from a fan engagement perspective, there is absolutely like I would say ten to sub ten in the seats. It, like if the circumstances were were not how they are right now, and with the uh, kind of engagement that he was able to drum up, but it's tough. It's tough to speak on something that's going on behind closed doors. Like we've seen tweets from both sides of the argument now, but I'm with you. Like whether. Whether it was tough to work with, this, that, the other thing. Hey, tough to work with isn't always a bad thing, right? Like that can just be a sign of carrying a whole damn lot. And you want something to be really damn good, which he did come off like that at times too, right? Like he he obviously wanted what was best for the franchise, despite the on-field product. Like he can't do too, too much about that. At the end of the day, you got to play the roster that's on your team, right? Which is in control of someone else, not you. I'm sure you help make decisions, but yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I uh, I think Edmonton lost a creative thinker, and uh, Edmonton lost. We the see what the was... yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I'm very upset because I want everyone wants Edmonton to succeed. Yes, it is. At one franchise... point, they were the diamond of the CFL. 
hell, the evil empire nickname came because nobody could stop them. And now they can't stop themselves from being a dumpster fire. Call a spade a spade. This is the biggest dumpster fire in professional sports. You have historic, historic world record for most home losses. North American record in North America. Sorry. North American record. You then have a team which can't seem to find a quarterback because the front office I has beg put to differ. their eggs into we'll a different there. basket. We'll get there because I three-game rule applies even for OUA prospects. Um, it is a rotation over the last th- two, three years that has gotten them nowhere except worse and worse and worse. They've committed a ton of money to people and now can't get themselves out of this hole. Part of that, you can say it's the coaching cap or whatever it is. It's BS. You choose to make one person the head of everything, not because of salary restrictions. It's because you fully bought what that person was selling. And now you are tied hook, line, and sinker to this. Sorry, I'm being really rambly. No, I mean it's not like you're making bad points or anything. I think I think you're right, but you did allude to it. Let's talk about the one. I'm not going to say bright spot. Like I think you're right. We need to like still be a little bit cautious, but I think it's cautious optimism. And I think more than a bright spot, it's something to look forward to right now with Elks fans, despite what's going on. And and that is, I'm obviously talking about Trey Ford earning his second start as the Elks quarterback. And for, for what it was, for all things considered, I think, you know, you watch it, I watch it. I think his first start was good enough to earn him a chance to be the... Sorry, I'm going to re-say that. I think his first start was good, a good enough performance to earn him this second start. He went 12 of 16. Uh, to me, that's limited passing reps, and he did everything he could with them. Threw for almost 200. It was 189. He had a touchdown ran for another 50 yards and another touchdown. Like I think that game and let's be real, like he was helping lead the Elks. I mean, there were some mistakes from the bombers as well. Don't get me wrong, but they were up on the bombers going into the fourth quarter in this game. I mean, I think there's some defensive things that that happened that let the Elks down, but I don't necessarily think you can blame this loss on Trey Ford. I think he did everything he needed to, to earn this second start. Okay. I hear you on that, but I'm not saying he played great or anything like that. I'm just saying he did exactly what he had to do. Offense stalls out immensely, Connor. Like this was not just they sputtered and then put up a few points. So outside of Kyron Moore's big play, it was turnovers or tune outs the whole time. There's some controversy there, too. There's some controversy there, too. We'll get to that. But at the same time, when you're the leader of an offense and you're a dynamic playmaker, make the plays. Like, get a complete pass, 16 yards. Rush, 16 yards. Okay? Complete pass, 10 yards. Then it was incomplete, 8-yard rush, turnover on downs. That's how they ended the game offensively. 
The rest of the half, though, we didn't see that. We saw short dink and dunk opportunities or run the ball. We didn't see any consistencies. And this is what kind of Trey Ford alluded to after the game where he said, yeah, we need to keep taking shots offensively. And I kind of felt that, but I also really felt Chris Jones where it was coach will coach, players will play. You need to execute what's called because they weren't executing the easy stuff in the second half. They really didn't. And when it comes down to it, if you're an offensive coordinator and we can't hit the high percentage throws, I'm not overly inclined to start whipping the ball downfield. I'm on, I'm on both sides of this coin, man. I'm a, I'm a Trey. I'm a trade in the sense that I do think that Edmonton took their foot off the gas. And I, I think that was a little bit evident. And I think, you know, yeah, I mean, sure. I, I'm with you too on the fact they got to convert the, the little things and the, and the easy plays, but at some point you got to try something. And it just to me felt like they were playing not to lose, but I'm also with, chris jones where it's like okay you're i don't necessarily know like i i think there is it definitely comes from a place of competitiveness of, of wanting to win but i don't i don't think he's old enough yet he's not a caleros he's not a harris he's not uh you know hell of va at this point like i just don't know if he if he has the oh, kind of veteranship yet no to be he able does to not do have that. the locker room like I don't know, almost like. But I'm, I understand right? what he's saying. I understand what he's saying. He's coming. Everyone from understands what he's saying. Like a place of competitiveness, want... right? Like, mm-hmm. like you think the explosiveness that they had, all like all of their touchdowns, whether it was the Kevin Brown first play of the game, he's gone for sixty plus, or the Kyron Moore seventy yard off a screen pass where he just makes the first corner miss and it's okay. You're not catching me. (laughs) Like, yeah, they had explosive plays and big shots and that really disappeared. Mind you, they're playing the Winnipeg blue bombers. Mind you, they also turned the ball over twice in the second half. I think for me, the next game to kind of look forward with Trey Ford here for me, the next game, because we are, are coming up on that quick Thursday night game. That'll be tonight. By the time this comes out, to me, the, this next game for for Trey is all about improving. But I also think he does have a chance to go in to Hamilton, play in front of family and friends, and do kind of the same thing he did last year, and that is deliver Edmonton's first win of the season in what is, I guess, the closest team to his hometown of Niagara Falls. Friends and family are going to be there. You know, he played with some edge. He played with you know he played a little loose in in the game last year and. You know, he delivered some strikes, delivered some big plays. And I, I think, again, it's a it's a similar situation where, you know, Hamilton doesn't do anything that necessarily scares me. And I think if, if he puts his foot on the gas, they got a chance to do something fun. But Connor, this is the game he got hurt. No, I'm not going to go. I'm not even. No, it was the Calgary game. No, he went. Did he not go down against Hamilton? He no, he got chipped in Calgary. From Simone? Uh, no, he played this whole game. I'm pretty sure. I am not pretty sure. Oh, no, you're right. It is Calgary. What's that of that? But you're right. You're right on the play. That's exactly what happened. Um, but yeah, that's. I mean, to bring it back to Ford, I, I think, you know, he will earn a third start if he shows steady improvement from the first game. Well, what is steady improvement? I think, you know, he has to start converting some of those those little plays, especially in the in the second half. 
but I, my thing, I mean, you, you kind of gave me a, a wave there, but my thing, my thing was not that like he's saving Edmonton right now. I just think he did enough to earn the second start. And to me, to earn the third start, it now comes down to what went wrong or what went not so good in his first start. And you're right. That mm-hmm. was kind of some of the conversion stuff. So if you can improve on that in, in the second game, and again, I don't even think, you know, I don't, I'm not saying Trey Ford has to win this game to earn a third start even. But if he improves, if he goes, because he went 12 of 16 on his passing attempts, you know, last week. So, you know, if they bump that number up to, you know, let's say they give him four to six more passes. Okay, now he's getting 20 to 22 attempts in the game. You know, if you can do the same thing again where you're going 14 to 16 completions on that. You want you want 20 attempts, right? Like, at you least want 20 attempts. Now, I think, and I, I think, again, it's all about earning these steps. And I think... Last week, he earned those 20 attempts. I think he did enough to complete. He only missed four passes. He went 12 of 16. So we're talking about these easy throws. Like We're talking about four passes. Okay, but so take, I, again, out, take out the 70-yarder. He's 11 of 15, 119 yards. And a pick. But again, in, in, in the situation, he did what he needed to do. That was the design play. He completed the screen pass. Sure, Kyran Moore made a hell of a, an athletic play, but sometimes you just get lucky on a screen play like that. I we know, saw we we can't we credit Hamilton people for. Players. I know, but we can't credit people for great quarterback play when you're you're throwing a smoke screen and someone does. But I'm not literally I'm not crediting for. <laughs> I'm not crediting him for great quarterback play right now. I'm just no, saying he's no. doing what he needs to do to get those to earn these next opportunities. Because really, looking at the rest of the quarterback room in Edmonton, what are the other two done? About the same. <laughs> hey, Jared Deggy completed a Hail Mary that got tipped off of two people, Connor. You watch what you're saying. <laughs> Dude, that guy had one electric play. Show me where that's been. At least Trey uh, Trey came in and, and kind of you know had showed consistency, which you think there's something not to, there. Like I think Glenn Suter was on the call. He made a really good comment about this team looks like they're confused playing with a lead or like they look like they don't know what to do playing with a lead. Yeah. A little bit. Do you think there's something to that? Like, I know we both have played with teams where we're winning teams where we're losing and you certainly like everyone at some level has played on a winning football team. Is there really something to saying like, we don't know how to play with the lead. Like we're that, uptight that you're laughing like oh yeah because i got a comment that you're gonna hate me for what you tell me you were on an 0 and 8 team did you guys ever have any leads where there was like an oh shit moment for you guys you tell me because that's no because because individually everyone had been to a point where they were winning at some some level or another like even if you look at my friend group i know we weren't like the biggest contributors like my roommate Eddie in high school played for AB Lucas. They were off the caliber team. They were winning. My roommate Pat played for Myers for Christ's sake. Like he won two OVFL championships. I myself played for Kingston. Like other guys had played at different spots where everyone had won games. We knew what it take or what it took to win games. Whether it's at that level or not, it's it's somewhere you've been. And it's not like a huge tightness level that comes with. Oh my God, we're up 21 points. What do we do? It's, oh, we're up 21 points. Let's keep hammering away at this. Clearly something's working. 
But I guess when it's been two and a half years, you kind of forget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay. All right. Let's let's move off of Edmonton because there is just like so much news there. Uh, there oh. was two damn great performances in the CFL this week at the quarterback spot as well. Vernon. He's back. He's back. Vernon Adams Jr. The third. The three twenty four TDs. Man, <laughs> Calgary. Well, then this... Chad. Ch- Sorry. Go ahead. This is what we've always talked about with Jake Mayer, though, right? Like, yes, Vernon Adams. Dude, has his what games did we say like two weeks ago touchdowns. about Jake Mayer? Or sorry, VA has his games where he throws six touchdowns, six picks, right? Inconsistent is all get out. And then there's times where, you know, he puts together three or four games of three touchdowns, 250, and you're just like, yep, check the box. Quarterback's good. We're taking shots. We're dynamic then you look at someone like jake bear and we've talked about he just doesn't stretch the ball he doesn't make the defense sweat we had this conversation not two weeks ago we've had this, this conversation, conversation every conversation. damn week connor oh, every week it's we said we said chill out just chill out after that game that everybody was raving about we said chill out he's coming back to normal don't worry but you know you know what is actually very impressive. Chad Kelly, who basically did the same thing. I'm sure, like, sure, whatever. A few less completions. He went 21 of 28, 417 yards. My man was riding the 417 through Ottawa to touchdown land because he had four of them. Four if of this them. game was in Ottawa, that would have been perfect. But it was the X game. It was, um, it was. No, man. It was still a good game, though. It was a really good game. I mean, 44-31, Ottawa competed. Does defense exist? <laughs> in this game? Um, yeah, I mean, there were still some pretty damn good defensive plays in this game, too. I think like it was just offensive firepower. Because, you know, Dustin Crumbile, by all things considered, didn't have a bad game either. Almost 300 yards, three TDs. Again, to not to keep digging at Mayor, but 21 of 26. Look at that. You can complete a high like, volume and has, has stretch yeah. the ball. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Jalen Ackland sightings. Love to see that this year. Ooh, 157 yards and a touchdown for Jalen Ackland. Man, he was, oh my he was balling. He's a um, man unleashed. In one of their tougher matchups, too, right, with uh, Robertson Daniels sitting in the half. I don't know how much they actually crossed each other, but still. It was a. It was pretty impressive. I think Ottawa we can't, we, can oh, still sorry. compete, though. Go ahead. I tried cutting you off because I I'm very excited about this next one too because I I don't think we can leave out what Drew Brown did in the Bombers game as well. <laughs> I mean, unfortunate. Um, like man, my heart breaks for for Zach Claros. I hope it's it's really nothing serious. That was um, an unfortunate play for a guy who you know does have a history of of head injuries. But Drew Brown. Came through in that game for the Bombers. Again, Dude. 300 yards, four touchdowns, only had seven incompletions. He came up in the clutch. When you talk about where that game was going, you're down three scores and your backup quarterback is coming in due to an injury. That is like, okay, this game is pretty much over. 
And Drew Brown comes out and says, not today, partner. Not today. It was a great game. A great game from Drew Brown. Like, man. 304 TDs. That's a guy that's just, you know, studied under Zach Laros for the last little while. And uh, the fruits of that labor are showing off. Because they didn't miss a like You know, we talked about uh, Edmonton kind of looking st- stunned with the lead. But, you know, Drew Brown, all things considered, didn't miss a beat. Uh-uh. Not at all. And it helps to have shown and... Uh, Wolitarski and Dembski and Kenny veterans that have been there, right? Like, yeah, Kenny Lawler doesn't hurt either. Example, Trey Ford throwing a dot to him in the end zone last year. What a monster! (laughs) Um, Unbelievable, unbelievable athleticism. No, I'm looking forward to this week. Uh, shall we talk U Sports though? Because training camps are underway, not yet. Okay, podcast over. See you guys, not yet. Start well, to... because we're talking about we're talking about quarterbacks here, we left off perhaps one of the most court. No, we left off perhaps one of the most important quarterback topics. Nathan Rourke had a damn day. Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Nathan Rourke had a damn day, and we forgot to come off the top with that. I what are we doing? I hundred percent thought you were going to Caleb Evans, and I was like, no, don't. Do no, this. <laughs> I'm going to Nathan Rourke. I'm going to Kid Canada, dude, dude. Talk about guys doing everything they need to do. I think Nathan Rourke went out in one game and just did everything he needed to do to beat C.J. Beathard for the number two spot on the Jags. How spot on were we with the Kid Canada moniker back when he started his first CFL game? Oh, man. I'm surprised, like, yeah, I'm surprised that took off like it did. Although nobody really knows it started with us, but there's evidence. I promise you. I promise you. And then Marsh brought it. Marsh brought it to a broadcast, and it just like it was like wildfire. So I guess like credit. Marsh to Marsh was the catalyst. Marsh was the catalyst. Yeah, it's absolutely. Okay. But it was but, a CFP creation. I swear, I promise you all. And we're not just trying to take credit now that he's in the NFL. No, no, no. Been there since Ohio. There's proof of that too. Marsh interviewed him before he even got drafted. Crazy one, folks. Go back and listen to it. But yes, that play. That was like what episode two? Oh my god! Uh, It was like one of the first five for sure. We're at episode like four hundred and something. (laughs) And now we're at Nathan Rourke shaking off four sacks, and then with a guy around his hip, launching an absolute dot for a touchdown Uh, against America's team. At that, how about that, Dallas fans? Kid Canada, baby. I want to talk about his kind of quarterback coaching. The quarterback QB motion is what it is on Instagram. I am yeah. so infatuated with the new, I don't know, new to me style where I've always been like you're planting ahead and you're driving and pulling that hip through. Where now, like with this QB motion and what Nathan Rourke has perfected, and I was watching Alex Freakin the other day, and he mimics the same kind of snap motion in your hip where you're no longer pulling through. It is from a tighter base and you generate all of that torque, all of that momentum, all of that whip in such a short snap that you don't need a deep space to do it. You can do it in a tight pocket. And I mean, you saw it with Nathan Rourke on the touchdown, like someone's around his ankle. He doesn't have to step and throw into it. He's just planted quick snap of his hips and he's generated all the momentum and whip that he needs from his arm to put a ball over a DB into the hands of the receiver for a touchdown. 
I'm so infatuated by it. And every quarterback I see do it. There's always slight variations, right? Like you throw with your technique, but off of the same path and guidelines of this overarching theme. And I want to know where it came from, where it started with, and how the hell I could learn it. Because I, <laughs> it looks like you generate an extra 10, 15 yards with it. Yeah, I, I'm honestly a little bit shocked that it's taking this long for, you know, the the hip rotation thing to catch on in football. And I'm sure it's not that new. But I mean, if you new look at, us. if you look, yeah, new to us, sure. But if you look at, you know, every other sport where you need to generate that rotational force, like golf, so, uh, like golf, baseball soccer even hockey a lot of that stuff sure you gotta have a strong base strong legs whatever but a lot of that rotational force is is through snapping your hips a lot of these guys have that strong base and they whip through on the hips and i think that's what generates so much power which is why i think like your hip motion is so important for football now too and not even just for quarterbacks but But it's always been it's always been leading tackles and stuff yeah always it's always been the hips it's the snap on the hip it's such a quick rotation Whereas before, like, even you watch Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Tom Brady had to work on everything with his QB coach, Alex Guerrero, on, like, let's keep everything in the same tight frame so we don't have to expand a lot of energy outside of our body, right? We want to be When you're not leaving yourself susceptible to those big hits, too, when your arms are way out there. And, And it's changed, certainly, how I view a quick release, right? Like, it, it speeds up your whole process. And you get rid of that extra hitch with your arm where you have to go back because you don't have time to take time with a dip. Like you're snapping your hips so fast that you can't waste time with the ball traveling in a big C motion like Kaepernick or Tim Tebow did, right? Like it's it's so cool to me. But yeah, I think it comes down to to like rocking it. Yeah, man, absolutely. It comes Absolutely. down to what though? Keep keep going here. Um, I, I was just gonna say, like, I think I think that stuff comes down to now, like getting the ball out quick and having those, you know, quick, quick, quick twitch motions is, is coming down to you know the athleticism of defenses now. Like, sure, quarterbacks are in gun, but really if you have a guy off the edge that's athletic, fast, runs a four, whatever, like, you know, sure you're in gun, but th- that yardage isn't that far away for defensive linemen anymore. Like everything's gotta be out quick. No, cues are like what, toes at four and a half. On a snap, yeah. given your offense. And it's, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for QB corner without the quarterback on the CF perspective. I know. We should add Martian for that one. <laughs> I'm going to text talking him QB mechanics. This. Yeah, we're talking I'm QB text mechanics. Him this. Like, drop the ball on that. Maybe we could Maybe FaceTime we him with talk him. about it this week. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. You sports time. Yes. Now we Carlton. can. Carlton is in joint practices this week with the Concordia Stingers. Fantastic. Waterloo this week or next week? Uh, Maybe I this can't week. quite remember, but they are going to be doing joint practices with Western. Western. Bing, bing, bing. Uh, the Queen's Golden Gales. I got to watch their practice. And the Laurier Golden Hawks. I got to watch their practice the following day. They are playing week one at Richardson, 3 p.m. It's going to be a good one, folks. That is a, yeah. that is a quarterback battle if, if you're looking for a good one to start this season off. And fun fact about this one, uh, U Sports put out their kind of like call for people to put in their predictions. That matchup, 
for the passing yard average leader, I took Alex Vreekin from Queens. Wade took Taylor Algerzma from Laurier. That doesn't tell you anything. Need to listen harder. I got a beef with you to pick over this. Why? You took the man with the team that runs the ball (laughs) at a higher clip than anyone except Western and Toronto. Yeah. No, I picked I picked Keegan Hall, did I not? Or did uh, I do Taylor? No, I did Taylor, but I did uh Jacob yeah. Patton as a receiver from yes. McMaster. Um no, I I texted you, so we'll get into some of the practice stuff, I guess. I texted you when I was at Laurier and said this offense could looks like it could score 50 points a game. They have the ability with Raven Thorne and Ethan Jordan. And some of the other guys uh, that are catching the ball as well to stretch the field from anywhere, five-yard line, 10-yard line, 20, 30, red zone, anywhere you want to go, there's a deep ball that is available to be had. And Taylor Elgersma is tall. (laughs) And his arm is a cannon. Dude, it is going to be a light show with this Laurier offense. And, of course... They've got uh, Quentin Avery Scott uh, and Tanner Nelms, who two can... good backs, two very good backs. Honestly, they have a third back who's going to be a hammer as well. Uh, so they've got three backs. You'll hear about this in the Laurier preview with Coach Falds and Algersma, but uh, they've got three backs, Connor, that could carry the rock and bust off a huge play from anywhere too. This is a big play offense, and. Quite frankly, it's what's going to really propel them this year. Like, if they get going on offense, look at it. I hear you. I hear you. He's going to have opportunity to throw the ball downfield. He's got a big arm, tons of talent. Um, I don't know. I'm riding with it. I'm riding with Vreek. And I think... You I know, know Vreek is, a- is so talented that you're like, oh, he's just going to light it up this year. And I know exactly what you're thinking. I thought the same thing. But then I was like, wait a second. Anthony Souls, Jarrett Chisari, a good O-line, a freak equals of nature. Equals screenplays. Equals screenplays. Don't <laughs> forget about that. Nature, a freak of nature playing fullback for them. Um, I was like, yeah, this is going to be a team that, like, if they get up a touchdown on you, they're just going to start running the ball. <laughs> and yeah. You're going you're gonna to sweat so much trying to stop them from gaining five, six yards of carry. Yeah, it's tough because they can they can like punch you in the mouth on the ground too. So, dude, well, like even the but okay, counter argument. Evan Hillock did it with with a Western offense, mind you. He had a ton of weapons at receiver, like Queens does this year. But you know, very run heavy offense, and and Evan Hillock had a pretty high uh, uh, yardage average. Um, no, I I I, I like I know what you're saying. Uh... With Vreekin leading the way, though, that it's going to be such a good team. It's going to be so tough to to see, man. No, I uh, in terms of the OUA season, though, I was I was pretty impressed with Laurie's practice. Um, really fast, really athletic on defense as usual. Uh, Ife Onyemadam is back for another year, which was a surprise. But like, obviously, Laurie has had such a good track record with guys getting drafted and not returning that to get one back. Not because of his play, but because look at the Argos linebacking core 
I mean, Enoch Mwamba is out, and they could probably have two East All-Stars sitting on the field right now. So yeah. they're loaded, um, especially in national talent. Like, they have Kassar, and they have Hoyt um, sitting behind, too. So not from his own fault, but just a stacked roster in front of him. He's back for another season with Laurier. It's going to be great. Huge for them. Huge for them. Oh, oh, oh. And then the day before, went saw Queen's practice. Alex Reekin is impressive. <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. Yes. Frontneck Falcon. I did mention that in the OUA. I saw that. I did see that. I did have to you didn't mention like, You didn't mention that Marshall was also a Falcon. Left that out, too. But I was talking about Zreekin, and I had to say, I can't leave out that he's a Frontneck Falcon. I did appreciate that. <laughs> I did appreciate that. I know Marshall's a Frontneck Falcon. Everyone knows that. Um, but no, with, with Queens, Connor... The uh, the team just looks sharp. They look pissed off from last year. They look ready to go. An angry. I'm Queens excited. Team. Bad news for the OUA. Good news for OUA fans because you're going to be seeing a lot of good football. There's a lot of fun matchups this year. I'm really excited for the OUA season to get underway. It does start off with a bang too. I will admit that Laurier Queens game. I'm I'm really looking forward to. Um, anything else to add? We do have OUA previews that we are going to start pumping out by the end of this week, I believe. I can't give a firm date yet, but uh, no, stay uh, tuned. Should be Thursday, should be Thursday. Okay, Wade saying should be Thursday then. So you put them in the Dropbox, I think they're going out Thursday. So, should be Thursday. Uh, but no, listen to this, listen to this queen schedule, Laurier. Week two by Toronto at Toronto. So phys- a physical game. Hosting Western. Road trip to Windsor. Come back. Road trip to York again. I know it's it's York and people are going to say what they are, but that's two ba- big road trips for them. Then they go home to Carleton at Guelph, home to Ottawa playoffs. They get hammered with like that road stretch. Going to Windsor to close out September. That's such a like that's a three week stretch of physical football. Yeah. Oh yeah. After after your bye week too. Like to come through that, if they are four and to start the year and we get to week five, like they've had their bye week, they're four and and we're going into week six looking at that York game. Dude, that's impressive. If you take out Western, go to Windsor. The biggest road trap we already know, and to Toronto in a span of three weeks. That's a lot of physical football. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, it is. And Windsor, man, props to them. They had a tough season last year. They're a tough team. I think they're going to be a tough team again this year. Believe you me, I will be asking Coach JP about the team's toughness. Oh yeah, Connor's doing that one Friday, so we'll uh, we'll definitely get that one out to you guys. No, I'm I'm so pumped for this year. We haven't even brushed the other conferences in terms of analyzing and depth. We'll get there. We'll get there. Slowly but surely. It's gonna be a good season, man. I'm I'm very excited. There's a lot of unknowns this year, and I think it's gonna make for some exciting football. It does. A lot man. of parity. A lot of parity. I think it's going to be really, as always with Canadian football, quarterback driven. 
You got him or you don't. McMaster, they've got him. Queens, they've got him. Western, they've got him. Laurier, they've got him. Who else is going to come up and step to the plate? Ottawa, is Miracle taking that next step? Carlton, who's stepping in? Is Cabin stepping up for Waterloo? York, what's up? Guelph, is this the year they find one and stick with him? We don't know. Toronto, Kinsale take the next step? Haves and have-nots separated by the quarterbacks. There's a ton of storylines. We're covering them all. To stay up to date with that stuff, obviously you can find us. You know this by now. You can find us at CF Perspective, at Wade Zank, at Connor R. O'Neill. Please, though, please tune in. Watch the previews. They're a lot of fun. Everybody so far this year has been you know, a great participant on those previews. We're working hard to get that OUA content out. But like Wade said, we will be doing the U Sports stuff. It's coming. We promise. It's that time of year. We're going to be busy. A lot of football. Boom, boom. Fox4Shop.com CFP15 gets you 15% off everything you need from the worldwide leader in whistle tech. Football season's around the corner for high schools. Coaches, you want coaching boards? You want merchandise? You want the best whistles known to man? Head to fox40shop.com. CFP15 gets you 15% off at checkout. Connor, how's your fantasy team doing before we go? Uh, honestly, the last two weeks, I was away and unable to check it. I tried and tried and tried. Service was doing me a disservice. So unfortunately, I'm down Uh-oh. bad, but I'm going to set it this week. I promise. Didn't You're down to eleventh, my guy. I know, I know. It's gonna be, uh, it's gonna take a lot, but we're we're praying for a comeback here. Guess who's back on top? <laughs> oh, stop! I saw you stop. I've had two really good weeks, and it really helps having Brady Oliveira as your captain. <laughs> Does when he's running like this? Oh hey. my god, he's hitting that new clip, man! It is wild. On pace, still stands for me for Brady Oliveira and Vernon Adams Jr. I said top three back for Brady. I said 4,000 yards for Vernon. (laughs) On pace, guys, back, baby. (gasps) Vernon's back on pace, guys, back. Oh, man, do we... Do we... Do we even bother being the on pace? Every time I hear someone say on pace now, I think of you and Vernon Adams. No, I'm taking uh, it over. I need a shirt. The on-pace guy? I think there is one. I think there is an on-pace guy. I need a shirt with Vernon Adams' face on it. (laughs) I think you can do it. Um, But no. Take care, everyone. Enjoy the week of football. Enjoy the OUA previews. We're going to be getting them out to you guys as quickly and as properly as we can. Take care. Enjoy the weekend of football. We are now nine days away from U Sports Kickoff. Nine freaking days. It's coming up quick.